All right, we're back off topic. Steve Spanup, Randy Zelia, Jose Padilla. Jose, thank you again for joining us right now. Jose just said it before. He's like, he's like, I can't believe we're talking this much Nick basketball. So I reached out to our good buddy Steve Popper for, from NorthJersey.com and the Bergen Record, and he joins us right now. Steve, how you doing today? Oh, we're hanging in there. <laughs> 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 a little easier day than yesterday. Um, so what's been going so, on? So I guess I can start with saying, so what's new? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what's old is gone, so that's the new thing. Uh, look, you know, it was a very positive step. I think, you know, there's not many days where Dolan looks good in New York, but uh, I think ending this uh, this experiment with Phil uh, was a good one. It was, it was just really time. Uh, it had... You know, things were deteriorating rapidly, and I think bringing him into free agency, you know, people talk about timing, but I think if you let him come into free agency, I think it would have been a disaster. What was? When did you find out what was going on about Phil? Uh, I mean, we had ideas that, you know, that there was some unhappiness in the organization, but I had been assured, you know, as recently as about 10 days ago, that things were exactly status quo, that he was still, you know, full faith, you know, in Phil. Uh, and uh, I, I had written a story, which we put up on the website um, Tuesday night, uh, about 11 o'clock, with a lot of uh, executives around the league kind of just talking about Phil and, you know, how confusing it is dealing with him and, you know, what a disaster the front office is. And uh, that was up for a couple hours, and Woj then uh, hit us with the, uh, the news that had happened, and I got it confirmed about 6 a.m. And, uh, you know, I, I think it really came together quickly. I, I think, like I say, you know, a couple of days ago, I was talking to people uh, close to Dolan who said nothing had changed. I think as this um, stuff with Chris Stapps accelerated and the the Carmelo stuff continued to go go south, I, I think this just became a decision very quickly. Uh, you know, within the organization, that it was that this was time to do it, and uh, it wasn't going to get better. One one question I've been. Um pondering in my head is there any way that Kristoff would have been traded or would have Dolan stepped in before anything like of, of that magnitude would have happened I think he could have been traded I think that Phil was fielding offers and look you know as much as I criticize Phil this team is so bad and so far from you know being anywhere near any end contention that he's the one piece you have value in and, and will you want to build around that if somebody overwhelmed you with one of these crazy offers where you're going to get, you know, a top four pick and two starters like Phil was talking about, I think they would have had to consider it. You know, if you could suddenly put three pieces in place uh, in place of one, uh, only because, again, like I say, they are so far from uh, – we, we just watched the finals. You watch the Warriors. It's like they're playing a completely different game than the Knicks are. Um and, and, and the Knicks, you know, are actively trying to make themselves worse, you know, getting rid of their leading scorer. And uh, I, I think this is going to be a tough a tough road for whoever takes over. And I think it's a tough road for Jeff Hornacek this year to, to kind of take these pieces and try and put it together. Uh, I, I, like I said, I, I don't think anyone in the organization now would consider trading Porzingis, but I, but I do think there was a serious uh, look, and I don't think Dolan would have stepped in. I think Dolan at that point was still believing in Phil. Do you think uh, Phil even uh, taking calls about Persingas uh, could have been a ploy to actually even get himself fired? I mean, it seems like all the boneheaded things he's done, it didn't even really like he, he, wanted, he wanted to be a part of the organization. And that seemed like the tip of the iceberg right there uh, as far as this kid has become a, a good player in, in, in the organization and for the team. 
uh, I mean, it just seems crazy to even feel those offers. And I, I, I feel like it was a ploy just to get himself fired by saying that. And uh, when it really did come into question, he upped the ante by, like, saying, oh, we need this, this, and this, and this, and this, you know? I mean, like, so to kind of try to keep everybody happy, and it seemed like it wasn't crazy. Well, I, I find it hard to believe that someone with Bill's ego would purposely tank his job uh, for the money, but <laughs> when you do look at the moves, <laughs> I see how people can stick to that. But I really think his ego was so big that, I mean, you know, how many times did he say we're going to start over, we're ripping this apart, and we're going to start over? And then last last summer, he goes out and trades for Derrick Rose, signs Noah, Courtney Lee, Brandon Jennings. They, you know, they made a, a very strong effort last year to become a win-now team. He just didn't make the right decisions. I mean, uh, people around the league were in shock when they gave him gave uh, Joe Kim Noah that contract. Uh you know, there were people around the league that thought he was done, that he was really on the downside and becoming a part-time player at best. And Phil, you know, came in like it was 2011 and, you know, overwhelms with a four-year $72 million offer. Uh, and when people talk about buying out Carmelo, I'm thinking, why aren't you buying out? Uh, <laughs> no, why, why, yeah, why, yeah, yeah. why aren't you not buying yeah. out Jakeem Noah at that yeah. point? Right, Carmelo, Carmelo is still a contributor. Noah was a disaster. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, like I say, I, I don't think, I, I think Phil's ego really, I really do think he wanted to turn this around for his own, uh, you know, more than any building blocks in place for the Knicks franchise. I really think it, it was his own reputation that he really saw going to tatters and, and really wanted to make it happen. And like a lot of things, he put it on Carmelo that, you know, he was putting this together for Carmelo, uh, that Carmelo needed this and he wanted to, you know, win now for Carmelo. I don't think Carmelo really stepped in there and and would have made the moves as a GM that that uh, Phil yeah. did. I'd like to think that like LeBron was running the show in Cleveland, Carmelo could be a better GM than Phil. You know, I mean, playing off that though, and looking at the uh, the roster as what it was uh, Phil inherited until what he has now. I even brought this up before with uh, with Randy and Jose. Uh, I mean, do you think he left them as with a better roster though than he inherited? I don't. Uh, well, and this is why I say, look, you know, there were obviously holes in that roster. But remember, this is a 54-win team the year before, and a team that missed the playoffs by one game the year that he arrived. Um, you know, they they were a team that was capable. You know, a veteran team that you know wasn't long-term. But the problem is that you know he decided he's going to pull that apart and did it by getting dimes on the dollar for everyone. I mean. Look at the very first trade he made, the Tyson Chandler trade. Uh, you know, he dealt him away and, and comes back with Jose Calderon, who was a great guy, but could not do what they needed him to do. And Phil thought Samuel, Samuel D'Alembert, when in his predictions, he thought he'd be a double double guy uh, leading the playoff process. Samuel D'Alembert, the year before, people were telling me, like Noah, was done. Uh, and he basically did go to retirement from there. Uh, you know, it, it's it's just bad judgment on these deals, bad uh, bad decision making. Uh, you you tell me you want to you know make it over and get younger. Well, you know, I, I'm not much of a fan of Sam Hinkie's process in Philly, but he did get assets for the pieces he gave up. I think Phil took losing end of almost every trade he ever made here. Um, you know, like I say, you want you want to break it up, break it up, but get something and don't demean the pieces. You know. Don't don't demean you know from J.R. Smith and Amon Shumpert to Carmelo to Porzingis you know 
you're, you're publicly demeaning the product that you're trying to sell, which makes no sense at all to me. So here's the million dollar question. Where do they go and where do you think they should go? Uh, to replace Phil? <laughs> yes. I think Masai Ujiri would be great, you know, who's the first choice, and Tim Lewicki is part of the uh, search team, really running the search team here. He's the guy who hired Masai in uh, Toronto. I think that would be a great great uh, acquisition, but, you know, look, nobody's perfect here. Uh, Masai is a hard worker. Uh, he's well-respected in front offices. Uh, I've never heard a guy say a crossword about him. Um but, you know, they make mistakes, too. When he came there, you know, Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan were already in place. He made some deals that are that were tough to explain. Um, but mostly mostly what he's made his reputation on is fleecing the Knicks. So you have to consider if he comes to the Knicks, he can't do that. Um, <laughs> uh, but I think, he, I think he's a good choice. I threw a name out there today that, you know, people kind of laughed at. But uh, Lawrence Frank, who's coached in this league, I think does a very good job helping out the Clippers as Executive VP, sort of the guy who does all the ground footwork for uh, and he and he would Doc Rivers, and so that would be coming uh, home too. That's him coming yeah, home. Yeah, would be would be coming home. I, I I think he would take it, and that's a guy who look. I I covered him as a coach, and he is a tireless worker. He would give you everything he's got, which is quite quite the opposite of what you've gotten from Phil. Um, <laughs> I, I think that I think that's you know a name that probably should be looked at, but I I think they'll probably fall into the mistake again of going for a, a big name and. We'll be, <laughs> we'll, we'll be talking about it for years to come, you know, what they could have done. You know, oh, now with the free agency coming up, you know, looking at a lot of the, the names that are appearing, Blake, Millsap, you know, George Hill, all the, Jeff Teague, all these names that are coming up right now, what are the Knicks, where are the Knicks going to go with this? Because right now they still have to figure out the Carmelo situation I guess before free agency or after free agency. Well, right, that's a, as you're listing those names, I'm like, forget it, forget it, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, right now they're over the cap. Uh, they they have no room right now. Um, and I guess the way around that will be if they can remove uh, Derek Rose uh, and his $30 million cap hold, uh, would give them, I think, about $14 million. Uh, but even at $14 million, I, I think you're going to have a hard time, even, even with the lesser lights, you know, the George Hills and the Teagues, I think you're kind of. I mean, look, Joe Kim Noah makes 18 million. Uh, I, I think you're going to have a hard time getting a quality player at that price, and they they really need a couple pieces. So I, I I'm not sure how they're going to manage this. I think it'll be more filling in the gaps. I I think right now. Uh, I I mean, me, I would not take a chance on Derrick Rose, what he gave them last year, and another surgery. Um, that would be the easiest thing for them to do because they can do that. They can go over the cap to keep him uh, but I think renouncing him and just getting a, a stopgap kind of guy and hope that you know Frank Nilakina isn't just a triangle guy and that you're just buying you know buying him a year because he needs the time so you know if you could get you know look Jeff Teague would be great uh, maybe Patty Mills would be good um, you know <laughs> I, you know these are not guys you want but Ramon Sessions you know just a veteran yeah they're not they're not the sexy names they're not the sexy right, names I, I, yeah, well, they're not going to be a sexy team, so I think just bridging the gap with a veteran, you know, the right guy, a leader to help kind of guide the way until that kid is ready. And now the $55 million question in the room, I guess, is going to be about Carmelo Anthony. At this point, you, know, you covered him for the last few years. You you know him. What is probably go at this point going through his head, and how do you think this thing gets resolved, and where does he end up, and what uniform is he putting on? 
Well, I think we could probably hear his laughter from France right now. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that he that he be filling this. Uh, look, you know, I, I in an ideal world, he probably would like to play for a contender right now, and this team is not that. But I think you know the situation here was he was not going to let Phil push him out and bully him, uh, which Phil played it wrong from day one. Uh, and and I think what really would have hurt Phil, and this is why I said getting rid of him before free agency is big, is that Carmelo is very well liked and respected around the league. Uh, he you know he's a he's a part of the player association. He's part of the banana boat banana boat crew. Uh, he's he's a guy that you know players flock to. I, I you see it you know every day when you go into other arenas. You know he he's he's a nice guy and he befriends a lot of guys and he and. You know, people that throw around these terms of he's a cancer in the locker room or a problem, uh, I don't think that's ever been the case. I think he's very well liked in his own locker room. Uh, the only issue I would say is uh, as this season went on and things got so bad, I think he sort of got on his own program where sort of uh, isolated himself a little bit uh, from the coaching staff and, you know, working very hard but sort of working on his own thing. And, uh, you know, I heard stories about, you know, being late for practice, things like that. But um, it just got to be such an ugly, you know, unsustainable situation. I, I do think that Carmelo now, uh, I, I think the biggest factor probably is family. You know, he's estranged from his wife. He's very close to his son. They're in New York. I think, you know, ideally he'd rather stay in New York, you know, unless the perfect situation came up. If there's a way, you know, that you can move him to, to Cleveland. But, but look, this is at some point you can't just keep – you know, buy out, stretch provision, give guys away. Um, he's still Carmelo Anthony, you know, and if if you can't find a way to get something for him, you're not working hard enough. But you gave him the no trade, and that's a problem. You know, if he wants to go somewhere and you can't talk someone into giving you a first-round pick for him, you know, he's a 20-something 20, 20 point-a-game scorer still. You know, there are just not that many around the league, and, and when he plays with good players, he's you know, he's a good team guy. Uh, we haven't seen that in a couple of years here, but this is a guy who finished there in the MVP balance a couple of years ago. It, you know, it, it's insane to me that they think of you know ways to give him away or stretch and get rid of him. You know, when they have <laughs> not a lot of quality behind him on this team. Well, I was actually going to ask about that. With the way this team is constructed right now, is it possible that this team is actually going to be worse this season coming up than it was last year? <laughs> that is absolutely possible. <laughs> 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 Worse uh, than you know, uh, not even 30 wins possible? Uh, it is possible because I'm not sure what you're going to get from this rookie. You know, you subtract Derek Rose, who, look, he had his issues, but he was very effective getting in the rim last year. He was an offensive force, and he played most of the year until, you know, late in the season. Um, you know, what are you going to get from Joe Kim Noah? I think probably the best thing to do with right, right now would be, you know, make Noah a part-time player despite his contract. Uh, you know, work with Willie Hearn and Gomez to get him, you know, a little more adept defensively, and make him a bigger part of this, and throw the triangle away. Uh, let these guys play the <laughs> game they want. Um, you know, the, the game that they're accustomed to. I, you, look, and I, you know, I hate to sound like a broken record, but I, I'm not a big advocate for you know trashing the triangle just for the sake of trashing it. I trash it for what the Knicks did and what Phil Jackson did with it. You can't change coaches, uh, change players. Whatever system you want to play, any system can work as long as you have some stability. Uh, Phil Jackson in his time here went through four head coaches, 50 different players, 
you, you just can't, you know, you're trying to teach guys, you know, on the run, you know, how to play a system they're not accustomed to. If you would have just played a simple, you know, pick and roll, you know, Jeff Hornacek system last year, Derek Rose would have flourished, Carmelo would have flourished, Porzingis could have flourished. Uh, but you had guys, you know, Rose resisted from the start. Nobody knew where they were going. You know, you can't keep changing the roster over and expect guys to suddenly adapt to a system they've never played before. You get in a hole and there's frustration, and I think that's where you saw it with Porzingis as they kept shuttling between what they were going to do. Um, it, it was a disaster, and, and I think, you know, it's not because it's the triangle. It's because they don't do anything consistently here. You know, uh, just banking off that, uh, and I kind of think that they do have a shot next year uh, to be better than they were this year. And and, I'll, uh, and I think the reason is because they got rid of Phil, and he's not forcing on that type of offense. And uh, they have a shot to make uh, try a different offense, maybe an offense that is more suitable for Carmelo, who is uh, one of the big scorers in that in that system. Uh, what about your thoughts on that? Do you, do you think that uh, they could just you know rally around him, you know, something more suitable for him and? And uh, it actually flourished over there, even with Przingis uh, getting better? Well, I think in a perfect world, that is true. But how often does this perfect, perfect world matter? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, uh, no, I mean, you absolutely could, but I, I think they still don't know what they're doing. And they have time, but, you know, Jeff Hornacek was just saying today that they're going to, you know, implement some of what they did last year and put in some new stuff. Uh, I mean, r- right now it's hard to predict because they don't have a point guard. Um, we have no idea what you're going to get from Noah. Um, you know, it's just there's so many holes here. You don't know what what's going to happen with Carmelo. And and do Carmelo and Porzingis come back happy now? Um, you know, Jeff Hornacek was here last year, and I don't think a lot of guys respected him uh, as he gave in to Phil and just kind of turned you know, kind of turned his back on the players. Uh, I, I think starting over completely might be an easier thing, uh, but again, you know, stability—it it would be nice to have some of that. So I, I'm not advocating that they get rid of uh, Jeff Hornacek. I, I just think that that you're asking so much for them, for this group to suddenly uh, flourish. When we again, we don't know who the point guard's going to be. Uh, I don't expect we're going to get a better Noah. Um, you know, does everything go go as bad as last year? That'd be hard to believe, but. Uh, I, I think you know what Rose gave them last year was pretty good, and uh, Carmelo's a year older. I, I I could see it heading the other way. Well, Steve, I appreciate you giving us some time, especially since this is going to be a crazy couple days for the New York Knicks organization and the NBA as a whole as we head into free agency. Um, <laughs> batten down the hatches and embrace yourself. It's going to be a fun ride. I'll uh, I'll shoot you a text next week, and we can touch base and just to see how all this turns out. You got it. Glad to do it. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate yeah, it. Thanks a lot, Steve. Anytime. Thanks, Steve. Bye-bye. And we go over here to now over here. I'm guessing this is Mr. Webb. Hey, there. Uh, <laughs> Eric there Webb. He is. And the Webb Report is brought to you by Level 1 Games in Pompton Plains, New Jersey. Steve was, that was, that was Steve was supposed to jump in. Level 1 Games in Pompton Plains, New Jersey. You want to play it, they got it over at Level1Games.com, including Magic the Gathering, which Steve loves. That's, that's my favorite game. Magic you the know Gathering. That, you know. Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Right now on Route 23, go to one, Level1Games.com for more information. All right, Eric. So that was Steve Popper from the uh, Bergen Record and NorthJersey.com. We've sort of been fluttered with uh, the Nick talk here tonight, and I'm glad yeah. you jumped in. Uh, to help put a bow on it, and then we'll also do some something or nothings, uh, and then we have Omar, Omar Miller, to uh, close out the show. Um, okay. So 